Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye. Like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Horwoodell, joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how are you? I mean, fabulous. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. We are, what, four, three days away from real meaningful college football? Uh, I would argue that we're about a week and three days away from meaningful college football, but college football will in fact be back. Listen, games that count. That is what matters. It's games that count. And if you can't get excited for that, I don't. I can't help you. Well, I'll tell you what I'm excited about, Greg. We are witnessing greatness. Maybe, maybe the greatest of all time is show himself over at Better's Delight. We have a three-time How consecutive champion. How dare you? How dare you bring this up? That th- that this is this is what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to crown him. I mean, I know we have to, but unreal. three in a row, three in a row deserves a crown, man. That is that is literally a, what a turkey in, in bowling. There is asterisks over these last two, however. I mean, a, a serious. I, I disagree. Serious I disagree asterisk. with an asterisk over this one. I think that was a utterly brilliant play that was also the right move to immediately ban it moving forward. I mean, listen, the guy the guy knew how to go through all the different options on BovadaSportsBook.com and figure out exactly, exactly the perfect bet. And it, it's not like he hasn't bet hole-in-ones before. Like, he's done, he's done that before. He Never did bet it. the field. That, that, is, that is where it came into play. Betting the field gave him a distinct advantage. The risk was clearly worth the reward. Um, and frankly, unbelievable if I'm being perfectly honest, but not only a three-time champion, but also a, a trendsetter in that this is the first time the champion has had a positive, uh, positive number, right? I believe so. I believe, uh, I believe he clinched it with, with this and it was, I mean, it took, it took a, an absolute long shot, but that's, that's gambling, baby that you gotta, you gotta be willing to take the risks. He did, and it turned the entire season on its head. The entire season. Oh yeah, the 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 rest meant nothing. As soon, I mean, as soon as and and what's funny is is that Victor Hovland was legitimately in dead last place, I think, going into the final round. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he hit the hole in one just makes it all the funnier. Like it's it's unbelievable. Nailing what? Plus fifteen thousand at Pavada. Uh yeah yeah exactly it was. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. That's oh, insane. And I, I think what it cost him 68 units to bet the field. And uh, so he he ends up winning what? Uh, Whatever 150 something. minus 67 is. 82? Yeah. That's crazy. It's it's wild. It's a, it's a it was a wild decision masterful job there was there is saltiness all over the group chat the day oh, that so that i heard it was people were not thrilled people were not thrilled with the outcome i was taking shots uh for being a poor commissioner but listen if there's not a rule against it i can't retroactively take it away the man made a bet that that's how it works that that is just how it works and it it worked to perfection for him which is unbelievable Found the gray area and exploited it. Right, and exactly. The fact, that, the fact that this happened in the episode where there was so much talk about another commissioner's rulings, <laughs> it's just, it's hilarious. Oh, uh, believe me, that came up. That came up. Uh, who, uh, you have to be a strong commissioner. This is BS, yada, yada, yada. But listen, I, you have to, every, every situation that comes at you, you have to play it the way you see it. And that's the way I saw it, so... It is what it is. You should just let Matt know that Flaherty says it's it's a no go. <laughs> I I maybe I'll maybe I'll spring that on him tomorrow. Uh, but, but to be fair, let's. I mean, he he 
he did a great job. Did a great job taking his third title home. And are we are we saying that these are dynasties? Because I'm I'm your three time weekly challenge champion. It, it, yeah, that's kind of like it. Okay, in parlance, you would understand, Gregory. Uh, I feel like that's kind of like being like a three time intercontinental champion. Well, I, listen, second second title, second biggest title uh, when WWE goes on the road. The heavyweight champion main events one house show, and the IC champion headlines the other house show. So I'm, I'm in on that. But no, in, in reality, the issue the issue with the weekly challenge, and it's something we need to look into as we continue to move forward. During football season, it is very easy because the Sunday night game, that's the game we pick. Everyone mm-hmm. picks against the spread, either team, whichever you choose. Once we get out of football season, it's harder to find that consistency. And maybe we move it to Sunday night baseball, but those lines aren't out in time. So, like, there's, there's, different, there's different factors in. So I'll give you, I'll, to be fair, the season three title – it's really just the c- closest to the pin, almost, mm. uh, except for the head-to-head decider, which was Sunday Night Baseball. And thank you to Adley Rutschman and the Baltimore Orioles for uh, for assisting me in clinching that win over Mike. But it's a, it's an ever-moving system and an ever-moving field. So, you know, that's just how it works. Incredibly impressive, though. Incredibly <laughs> impressive. Uh, let me tell you what... I did not find incredibly impressive, Gregory. And that is the uh, the absolute sham that is going on with the Brooklyn Nets right now. Oh, Kevin Durant and Josiah and Steve Nash met and everybody loves each other now. No, no, they don't. And yes, Kevin Durant technically said his plan is to move forward with the Brooklyn Nets, who, by the way, jumped all the way up to plus 700 at Bavada. The... the fourth best odds in the NBA to win the to win the championship. I'm not saying that's a sucker bet, but it's it's uh it's a bet on the same lines as the Lakers having the uh, seventh best odds to win the championship next year. It's it's so very like trans like you can see right through this. I was going to say transparent, but it's it, it that is what I mean. You can see right through what is going on here. When it mm-hmm. comes to this announcement that he's here to stay and it's this and it's that. I mean, that just means that he's going to start the season on the Brooklyn Nets, maybe. Right. He'll, he'll be gone by the trade deadline. I, I, I almost guarantee it. I don't envision this being a long... Unless, unless they come out unbelievably hot and there's a clear turnaround, a clear dedication of from Kyrie and Ben Simmons that, hey, maybe we're going to play basketball. Like... If if there's that, and the team starts out, you know, fifteen and three or something of that nature, then yeah, maybe maybe things change. But to be fair, I, I think this was a very obvious. We're trying to build up a little more, you know, cachet. Exactly, a little more value into what's going to go on with this Brooklyn Nets season. Well, considering that. The the Knicks allegedly offered Evan Fournier, Obi Toppin, and five first round picks for Donovan Mitchell. I think the value's probably going to be there for Durant. Oh yeah, I mean the NBA trades are so ridiculous now when it comes to superstars and what you have to well, give up. Well, the Jazz up in terms broke of... the NBA trades with the Rudy Gobert deal. I mean, I would, I you could also talk about the James Harden to the Nets deal. You could talk about. Um, there's a couple other ones that it just involve like so many consecutive first round picks that it's uh, it's honestly like insane. Well, it's it has it's every other first rounder because of the the uh, Steepian rule, but the pick swaps are in there as well. Yeah, it's it's a it, it the NBA there needs to be some sort of moratorium on trades. I don't know how you fix it. Uh, I don't know if they want to fix it. If I'm being perfectly honest, but I feel like it has to happen. <sighs> Plus seven hundred is crazy though. I mean, yeah, for a team that for sure isn't going to isn't going to get anywhere near a title once they do trade Durant. Like you said, maybe things turn around. Like I I don't see that happening. Uh, allegedly, when Kyrie, one of the like the holdups for Kyrie signing a contract extension, he wanted to guarantee that he did not have to play in back to backs, and he wanted to guarantee that he did not have to play more than sixty games in a season. Dude is 30 years old. 
I mean, but this is the the the, the players run the league, so you're going to try to get away with as much as possible. Like that's just the way it goes. You know what I mean? Like I'm not surprised by anybody's demands or trade requests anymore. Nothing nothing surprises me at all. I don't know how much Kyrie likes basketball. I mean, that's definitely a part of it too. I think he's he's a very interesting mix of like is he truly there to to win? Like is that what he's looking for or is it more like it's a means to an end? Uh, from a monetary standpoint, that's okay. I mean, it's, it, basketball is a job for some people, and you don't have to necessarily like your job. You're just kind of good at it and put in that situation, and that's fine. But that's definitely not the guy I want to hitch the wagon to. Oh no, not at all. Like I would be terrified. <laughs> I mean, just ut- it, utterly th- terrified. The, the, the issue is is with the money that you have to invest in the guaranteed contracts, you're talking about investing in a guy who, I mean, like you said, it seems like he doesn't want to play basketball all the time. Um, and that's a problem. That's a problem when you have this much money surrounding anyone or any team or any league. You know, you need guys who want to be there if you're willing to make the investment in them. When you're putting in, like, game restrictions in your contract requests, right. There's, there's just that's that's not good. It's not, it's not a good situation for anyone. Now, do you remember who was it? It was Phil Jackson, when Phil Jackson was going to come back and only coach home games. I, I, I vaguely, I vaguely remember that, but that is again utterly absurd and ridiculous. And like I get Phil Jackson's pedigree, and you know we can talk about how easy it is to win with. You know, guys who were in the top twenty all time in the NBA history, like yeah. you know, and having a handful of them together. Yeah, exactly. Like it that that, that certainly makes a difference. Uh, say whatever you want about Phil Jackson. That that Knicks stint wasn't great, um, but I still respect him being able to get those teams together and win titles. Uh, but like to to try to only coach home games would be preposterous. Preposterous. I'm only gonna podcast. I'm only gonna podcast home games from now on. Not sure what that means, but <laughs> I'm gonna figure it out and then I'm gonna abide by it. Yeah, I guess. Like I don't <laughs> even you. know. I mean, I just don't know. I, like I'm trying to think of a situation or scenario where you could pull that off, and I don't know if it's possible. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a shot. I, I'm gonna give it a shot, Greg. How uh, would we do it? Am I just talking to myself on certain episodes every other week? Maybe. I I do that once a week within Pursuit of a Parlay. That's a good point. It was a good first episode back, too. Oh, I was intrigued. For, yeah. Thank you for listening. It was my goal as, uh, and by the way, as, as I just said, in Pursuit of a Parlay back uh, last Friday, if you uh, were not aware, please check it out if you're interested. I think we were... Eight picks for a plus 37, 188. 100 bucks wins 37 grand. Nothing wrong with that. Um, and, and an interesting episode. But yeah, I was, I'm going into it and I'm thinking like, all right, I'm going to try to bang this out in 25 minutes. I think it was 53. <laughs> I was going to say it definitely wasn't 25 minutes. Um, and, and it can be, it can be, and you know, you did a, you did a show by yourself a long time ago. Yeah, the three episodes, baby. Hey, I I checked them all out. But uh, I I very clearly remember listening to that while sitting on my floor playing Fallout 3. Listen, that was the early days of podcasting. That's oh, very. I had uh, had one of those like really skinny old school computer microphones, (laughs) uh, which was my favorite. Just the funniest. And like putting, uh, I, 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 it's so random, like talking over top of like copyrighted music and just uh, putting on a random blog that is dead in the, uh, smashed into the internet history somewhere, never to be found again. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, yeah, it, talking to yourself is a very difficult form of podcasting. So I can, I can absolutely uh, commend you on it. Well, I do my best, but, uh, have you watched the Manti Teo documentary? I have not. I have not seen it, uh, but I've heard a lot about it. It's, you need to watch it. It's 
bananas. I, I, I just, I don't know what new information I'm going oh. to acquire by watching it. <laughs> you get, you get some for sure. Like I do, I'm, I'm challenged in that. I both kind of feel bad for Teo in the situation, but also the level of naivete from him is crazy. Well, it it is interesting saying that. Like, I mean, I would I thought that at the time as well. Uh, but this is something that happens to people on a daily basis, and you're talking about no, this this does not happen on a daily basis. I assure you, watch sure. the documentary, and you will see. Sure, I'm. Sh- I know to the extent of some of the things, and again, from listening to different podcasts or the people just reactions to it, I understand that it goes further than that. But I mean, the idea of being like catfished essentially mm. happens all the time. It does. So, like, I understand people be like, I understand the naive, naive side of it. Also, it was back in a time where that wasn't as well known of an occurrence, right? It wasn't something. That, that was in such a public spotlight. It wasn't a show See, on MTV. It wasn't a movie. I thought that too. And then I realized Manti Teo is only 31 years old. Right. And this is 11 years ago. So you're talking about yeah. 2011. Catfished was definitely, was definitely around then. I don't know. I'm looking. I really don't. I mean, you're talking about, let's just say, so the iPhone 4S came out in 2011. Like just to put this, a perspective on that, like I don't, I don't really know. Uh, there's eight seasons, so I guess it didn't. It showed up in 2012, so we were right around that time. But yes, it, it technically had not shown up yet. So the iPhone 4S was the first f- first time Apple branched out past AT and T as providing the iPhone on on multiple carriers. That's how long <laughs> ago this was. To the idea of somebody being catfished wasn't as like. You know what I mean? It's not the same. We look at it in the perspective of today's world versus the the history books, essentially. Like, I guess I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. Like, we have today's view on the situation, but not really. It's not. It wasn't the same in 2011 uh, when this stuff went down. I, I obviously agree that it wasn't the same, but I don't think it. People are acting like this happened 30 years ago. It didn't. No, yeah, for sure, and and I think that that's definitely got that has a val- that's a valid point. Like it wasn't it wasn't the 1990s. You weren't mailing letters back and forth to each other. Right. You know what I mean? Um, it, it was definitely something wildly different. Well, people should check it out. Um, staying in the National Football League, and by the way, Manti Teo played was a member of the Chicago Bears practice squad as recently as the 2020 season. Staying. In the NFL, I want to do I want to do some league leader props that I Ooh. found over at Bavada. I thought this would be a fun one. Let's start. Weird place to start, but I guess we're going to start here. Uh, actually, some of these. Okay, these are fun. No. All right. <laughs> first, I want to do two team-related props first. Okay. Team with the fewest wins this season, I assume. Okay, this is it's regular season only, but not not like that would that would be relevant for most, not fewest. The uh, the leaders here: the Texans plus two seventy five, the Falcons plus four hundred, uh, Seattle plus five hundred, the Jets eight fifty, the Jaguars eleven hundred, Lions twelve hundred, uh, Bears seven hundred, and uh, and so on and on and on at Bavada. I think I think honestly it's a race between Seattle and the Bears. Like I I, I know the Texans are going to be bad because they're just they're the Texans and they're always bad. That's just kind of how, yeah. how football works. But I still am I'm trying I'm literally trying to rack my brain. I don't know who Seattle's quarterback is going to be on week like uh, week one that opening. Well, they Sunday. don't either. They wanted it to be Drew Locke, but he got COVID and then Geno Smith started again in the preseason. Yeah, like I, I, you're mentioning names that I knew definitely were on Seattle, but I have <laughs> like having no zero idea of who their starting QB is. That's bad. That's going to be bad. It's, this feels like a season where P. Carroll probably should have gotten out at the end of last year instead of having to sit through whatever this is going to be for yeah, them. Yeah, but at least they have DK. At least they have uh, Kenneth Walker. Who I think is, by the way, is a major sleeper for rookie of the year. 
Uh, who does Houston have? Houston, it's Davis Mills and Brandon Cooks. Braden Cooks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Again, how does Houston win? I, I'm not saying that their roster's bad, but Houston's also in the AFC South, whereas mm. Seattle's in the NFC West. There is no easy division game, and I mean, maybe, maybe you could say that Arizona's uh, potentially a team that might not be as good as people think. I don't believe that. I think Arizona's going to do exactly what they always do, be very good to start the year and then eventually fade when when times get tough. That's what that's what they tend to do every time. Um, by by but, the way, speaking of Arizona, like how nuts and how disappointed would you be as a Cardinals fan and member of the Cardinals organization that even after all the Henry Ruggs stuff last year, Hollywood Brown gets pulled over driving 126. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. I mean... But I don't. Again, I don't think guys. I, I I just don't think guys think about stuff like that, and it's crazy. It's crazy, and maybe that's just me. But like, I remember being. I don't, I don't know exactly how old Hollywood Brown is. I believe he's like twenty four, twenty five. That area, maybe, maybe a little bit older. But you, you like people don't. You, you don't think about like what's the worst that could happen. Now in my life, I think about what's the worst that could happen. 24-7. Yeah, so, it's your first thought in most situations. Yeah, it, pretty much. Uh, which is not necessarily a good thing either, but no. it's uh, – that is – like like I just think that that's, that's kind of how how it goes with, with age. You like you don't, you don't think about what's the worst that could happen despite there being a very clear and, and obvious, you know, evidence of what the worst thing that could happen is in those yeah. situations. Just remarkably stupid. Uh, team with the most wins. Bavada has the Bills, the top choice, plus 400. Bucks, plus 475. The Rams, plus 650. The Chiefs, plus 750. Chargers, plus 8. Broncos, plus 8. And then the rest. I think this one's unfortunately very chalk. I think the Bills, I mean, honestly, it's it's really hard to pick against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really hard, if, if you ask me. And I know... Like you look at their really, I think the only thing, the only real offensive side of the ball thing that hurts them is the running back position. I don't really know. I still think they're a little bit underwhelming when it comes to that. But offensively, yeah. they should be they should be clicking on all cylinders yet again. And defensively, you add Von Miller, who while he's not, you know, Super Bowl MVP Von Miller, he's a guy coming off of another Super Bowl title. He brings that leadership and that veteran presence in to a defense that was already very good. It's you know it's hard for me to to pick against that team just utterly dominating yet again. Yeah, I think you're right. By the way, uh, I do not believe I ha- I haven't looked over at the entertainment section. I do not believe Bavada has odds for this, but I'm I've been I said this about a week ago. I believe it is true. I believe we're going to find out that it's true later on. And I've said in the past, with no hyperbole, there are few things, few few game shows made f- that are more tailor-made for me than Masked Singer. And I'm pretty sure Tom Brady wasn't in training camp to record the Masked Singer. I've heard this. I've heard this rumor going around. That I'm that's... pretty sure it's true. I mean, I, I'm sure, like, like it's, well, of course, why wouldn't it be, right? Because like, don't forget, he did retire, so he could have retired and made the and made, agreed to do it. Which is so funny because he was retired for like 27 days. Yeah, like, and he was obviously bored immediately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to the point where he came back to play football. Uh, and apparently the mask singer wasn't wasn't quenching that thirst uh, for him. So, <laughs> well, maybe he got kicked off early. Yeah, it could be. And I mean, also, like, didn't they initially say two weeks, and then it was eleven days? So, like, that's yeah. I mean, I could I could definitely see it being the case. I heard somebody else talking about. Uh, they said that um, Joe Buck was on it in the past when he Joe was Buck Fox's was on last announcer. year. Yeah, and like Fox. It's a Fox show. He's got the Fox contract that's lined up for when he's done. Like, mm-hmm. it's it, all signs point to Brady being on the Masked Singer. By the way, I got Joe Buck right. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Good Just for you. Saying that's I why know. you're the best. That's why you're the best at the Masked Singer, dude. I no hyper. I'm very good. Last year was not my best season, 
in large part because the quote-unquote celebrities were not what you would consider to be celebrities. Uh, but typically, I got it going on. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the leader props here. Most interceptions at Bavada. The clubhouse favorites, uh, J.C. Jackson and Xavier Howard at plus 600. Trayvon Diggs plus 9. Uh, Kevin Byard plus 16, along with Jalen Ramsey, Justin Simmons, Micah Hyde. Asante Samuel Jr. plus 2,000, tied with Marcus Peters, Patrick Sertine, and uh, then uh, everyone else. Where are you putting your money here? Well, at first I thought you were going to say it was most interceptions and you were going to start listing quarterbacks, so I was immediately thrown off uh, when you started listing corners and safeties. Um, I mean, is it is it, it, it like the guy who I think has the most value here as much as I hate the fact that he plays for the Cowboys and also secretly love the fact that he plays for the Cowboys because he can't cover uh, really anyone. Uh, is Diggs. Diggs, I think he led the league last year in interceptions, or if he didn't lead it, he was very close. Yeah, I he think is, it was JC led the league last year. He, okay, perfect. Then he, at least, he is a guy who is a ball hawk, uh, when, like, and he's willing to take those risks, which is also why he gets burned in coverage a lot. Just uh, get, it, get it out of the way right now. I am wrong. JC was second. Tra- uh, Trayvon, 11 picks last year. Yeah, I think it's a repeat performance. I felt like early on in the season, it was every other week this guy had a, or every week this guy had a pick, and then like every third week it was a pick six. So, I, I certainly think that this is this is a spot for him for sure. Few people have uh, started their career as well as Diggs did in terms of counting stats. Yeah, I know. Like he he just those those specific ones just kind of stand out, and I think that that's. I think that that's why I'd have to go with him here uh, to lead the league in interceptions. Uh, most kicking points. Bavada has no shock here. I would argue the greatest kicker of all time, Justin Tucker, plus 700. Matt Gay, plus 1,000. Harrison Butker, plus 1,000. Tyler Bass, plus 1,000. Daniel Carlson, plus 1,000. Evan McPherson, plus 12. Prater, plus 16, along with Nick Folk and Rodrigo Blankenship and Ryan Suckup. And uh, Jake Elliott, plus 25, all the way down to Greg Zerline, plus 10,000. Greg the leg? That late? Uh, I mean, I think, to me, I'm a hometown sucker. I'd love to see Elliott. I'd love to put some cash on Elliott for that. For that. And then I think any other smart money is, I think, Tyler Bass. You look at the Bills' offense, and I know they're going to be scoring a lot of touchdowns, but they're also going to be in the red zone a lot, yeah. um, which I think really is going to help in the amount of the amount of field goals he's going to have just as that, that opportunity is going to be there. Uh, I think that's the play. You know, quietly, somebody somebody like Matt Prater is interesting to me. From the just Lions? Be, I guess he's probably well, not Yeah, the because line. they can't put the ball in the end oh, yeah. zone. Also, that's true. Okay, less interesting now that he is on the Cardinals. Yes. I, for, I Matt Prater, to me, will always be on the Detroit Lions. He's just one of those guys. He was there for a decent amount of t- enough time. That from fantasy perspective, I like you just knew that he was their kicker. Uh, apparently, it's going to be na- Aldrich you... Rosas or Oof. or Patterson, who I don't know who he is. I mean, Rosas is a fine kicker. He was, he was a fine kicker for the Giants. He was adequate at best. All right, well, adequate at best. Furious at you right now. That's fine. Furious. Show's over. <laughs> Shut it down. 28 minutes in. We're good. Uh, yeah, I think we're set. I think we got this. Uh, <laughs> most sacks next season. Bavada has TJ Watt, the favorite, at plus 600, files, followed by Miles Garrett, 750, Nick Bosa, 1,000, Joey Bosa, 1,200, Chandler Jones, 1,200, Aaron Donald, 16, along with Trey Hendrickson, Shaq Barrett, Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack, uh, Daniil Hunter, Rashawn Gary at plus 2,000, and the rest, including Micah Parsons, Von Miller, and let's see, where is Brandon Graham? Javon Hargrave, plus 10,000, if you want to go that route. Oof. Uh, I I I think it's an interesting conversation with 
Miles Garrett being the guy that I would lean towards just based off of his body of work, who he has around him. You know, it, it, he's obviously going to get attention from offensive lines, but there there are other people in that defense that require that that attention as well. Um, I also think Micah Parsons is interesting. You know, he's not as as high up on that list, and and from what he showed in his first season, he I think he has the ability to only get better uh, when it comes to to his overall play. The guy was in line for like potentially NFL most outstanding defensive player. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's I, I think that I think that that's a, a value play for sure. How the mud you fallen? JJ Watt plus ten thousand at Bavada. I mean that's just getting old, baby. That's just how that works. That was one of the best highlights from the weekend UFC. Obviously the. Uh, Leon Edwards' absolute Hail Mary head kick knockout of Kamara Usman was great. But the the fight between Luke Rockhold, who was off for like two and a half years and just completely exhausted after the first five minutes of a fi- what ended up being a 15-round fight, in the post-fight interview in the cage, he's just like, he was in the middle of retiring. And then also just like, he's like, I'm just old. He's like, it's just, I'm, just, I'm just old. And it was like very honest and that's just... That's just kind of how it goes, and that's the the situation with JJ. The injuries eventually catch up to you. Sure, he can still be an adequate player, but he's never going to be the guy that was that dominant defensive force. Like yeah. that, that that those days are far far gone. It's TJ Watt's time to be the main Watt brother. Uh, uh, are we completely ruling out what Zach Zach Watt? Who's the fullback? Yeah, Derek Watt. Derek Watt. Derek. Well, I knew it was a that kind of name. Uh. <laughs> Most tackles plus assists. Bavada has the favorite being Roquan Smith. I mean, barely is he, I don't even know if he's associated with a team. Well, he wants to be traded from the Chicago Bears, and as an Eagles fan, I want to trade for him and Kareem Hunt, for the record. By the way, people who say, oh, I won't give up Andre Dillard for Kareem Hunt are out of their goddamn mind. Andre Dillard's not a starter. No, but hey, you need to have... Need to have tackle depth. Now, sure, would you like to have one of the best running backs in football, a guy who people forget how good he was because he's been uh, the number two behind the second best running back in football for the past couple of years? Oh, no, that's okay. This is just a team that's predicated on running the ball. Oh, by the way, uh, what's his name? Jesus. Uh, The running back, Kareem Hunt, also an unbelievable pass blocker. And pass catcher. As soon as I saw the rumors, I was I was in for doing the deal uh, right away. I, I don't I, I get I get the idea behind wanting offensive line depth, but listen, man, if if Jordan Mailata goes down, it, 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 you're going to be in a bigger problem than uh, Jack than Driscoll, baby. Yeah, so like to me, sometimes you got to make the move just to make the move. Now, obviously, I'm sure there's a salary commitment post this and stuff like that. But yeah, six and a half million this year. But it's, and it's, uh, that number would come down though, because they would almost certainly, along with trading for him, extend him by a couple of years. Yeah, it would. It would. That, then I'm fine. Let's just do it. What are we doing? What are we doing? Like, Cream Hunt is an unbelievable running back. It's yeah. He a top five to eight running back in football, who fits this offense perfectly. Who like, again, trying to avoid hyperbole. Makes this a team that could, you could see coming out of the NFC. Like, it's it's a no-brainer. Andre Dillard is a guy who could adequately hold down the tackle spot, the left tackle spot only, by the way, if there's an injury. Yeah, if someone were to get hurt, which let's let's knock on wood that that's not the case. So that masked singer alum Jordan Mailata doesn't get hurt. Exactly, exactly. Everything comes back to the masked singer. Um, it's my life. But, but no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. It's it, like if, if those are my options, get a guy who as a backup has been unbelievable. Um, as a starter, been and, unbelievable too. Like yeah. the NFL and, and total yards from scrimmage, uh, his rookie season. And legitimately only a backup because of the off-the-field issue that occurred. Like right. that – then, you know, there, there's hazy details around all of that. So that like – it's, oh, it's crazy. That is so wildly overblown. People are comparing that to like the Deshaun Watson stuff. Like the dude was 23 years old 
and he he was drunk and he kicked a drunk girl who called him the n-word should he have done it no of course he shouldn't have done it is it the worst thing in the world no it's not the worst thing in the world yeah <laughs> i mean i don't have much else to say yeah i i I, I do I do agree with you um, on pretty much all of those points. So don't don't call people the N word if you don't expect to be kicked. And this is this is the, the thing. Uh, this, okay, moving oh, moving right along. <laughs> Feel yeah. <laughs> moving right along. Uh, okay, yes. So back to this. Uh, Roquan Smith, the leader at Bavada for most tackles plus assists. At plus 600, Jordan Brooks plus 750, Bobby Wagner plus 800, Fred Warner plus 9, uh, Fusade Olankun, Ol- Olankun, Olankun uh, plus 1,000, uh, Mosley plus 12, Shaq Leonard, let's get with it, Bavada, Shaq Leonard plus 1,200, DeAndre Campbell 16, Eric Hendricks 2,000, Devin White 2,000, Micah Parsons 3. And uh, on down the list, where are, you, where are you putting your money? I mean, I think Bobby Wagner might be the most intriguing name on that list. Like, he was still top-tier linebacker in the NFL last year, yep. and now he moves to a defense that's filled with guys that just won a Super Bowl on an incredible defense. Yep. Like, you're now playing behind Aaron Donald, arguably the best D-tackle of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that's a name and value right there that I could absolutely get behind. No doubt. Yeah, I, I wanted Wagner so badly as a free agent, but I know that that was pretty much predetermined that he was going to end up in with the Rams. So, is what it is. He's yeah. real good, though. Oh, he's he's still spectacular. And you're talking about a guy who was, was he Super Bowl MVP in the Seattle Super Bowl over the Broncos? Am uh, I wrong? I don't remember that. I feel like Bobby Wagner had to be Super Bowl MVP. Right, now, 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 I, I, I'm completely lost. Oh dear. Bobby God. Wagner, uh, he was named Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, and that was the Broncos game where they absolutely destroyed them. I remember getting home from work because I was on the West Coast. No, nope. clo- he was named Senior Bowl MVP. No, no, <laughs> no. Who the who was the Super Bowl MVP? Oh, it was Malcolm Smith. Okay. It was another linebacker. For, former Eagle, Malcolm Smith. Yeah, another another linebacker on that team. But I remember getting home from work on that Sunday and being so excited for the Super Bowl. It was my I think it was the first one I watched while on the West Coast. So it's the earlier start time. I'm like, this is gonna oh, be great. Uh, and then I got home and it was like, Oh, the game's already over. We're four minutes in. This is this stinks. <laughs> yeah, I miss I miss those early start times. But there are other benefits, I suppose. Most total scrimmage yards. Now we're getting into the fun stuff. Bavada has the leader here. Colts running back Jonathan Taylor plus 400, followed by Christian McCaffrey at plus 7. Austin Eckler, who you wisely traded, plus 900. Derrick Henry plus 1,000. Joe Mixon plus 16. Saquon 16. Najee 16. Dalvin 16. Uh, the first wide receiver who shows up is Cooper Cup, plus 2,000, tied with Nick Chubb, Debo Samuel, Alvin Kamara, Javante Williams, who you traded for, <laughs> Leonard Fournette, Justin Jefferson, and uh, and so on and so on. I think I think it's Najee. I think that he's – the Steelers used him so much last year. Now, granted, they were kind of forced to because of the limitations that they had with Ben Roethlisberger, a quarterback. Yeah. But I think that trend is going to continue. Steelers running backs, especially in the the Tomlin era, get a ton of, a ton of work, and now you're going to be in a position where you have a quarterback, whether whether it's Trubisky or, um, uh, Kenny, Kenny Pickett, Pickett, a guy who can actually move, a guy who can actually provide you with with a little bit more, where teams aren't going to be able to stack the box anywhere near as well as they could against the Roethlisberger led offense, right? Yeah. Like you, you had the ability to really kind of load up a little bit more against uh, against Ben because he couldn't move. He had zero mobility and zero, you know what I mean. Like the, and not just, on arm strength. Yeah, exactly. So I think I think that opens the the playbook up a little bit even more for Najee, who had a ton of touches last year 
So it does not shock me and will not shock me if that is the case yet again, uh, yet again this year. And plus sixteen hundred feels like it's too easy to pass up. All right, the final, the final uh, leader prop we have here at Bavada are is a uh, rookie receiving yards. The leader, Saints wide receiver Chris Olave plus five fifty, followed by Falcons Drake London six fifty. Traylon Burks from the Houston of the uh, the Texans the the Titans thank you brain Jahan Dotson plus eight hundred from the Commanders Garrett Wilson plus nine hundred from the Jets uh, Jalen Torbert plus a thousand Dallas Cowboys Romeo Dubs plus twelve hundred Green Bay Packers Sky Moore plus twelve hundred Kansas City Chiefs Alec Pierce plus fifteen from the Colts George Pickens is uh, plus a thousand from the Steelers. And uh, let's see, where do we have anybody here? Uh, yes, Grant Calcaterra plus ten thousand from the Eagles. Oof. Um, I think I think it's I I, I want to say it's a lave. I, I mean I think you're that's not worried either. about Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry in that lineup. Jarvis Landry not as much. Michael Thomas is already hurt. Like he's yeah. already hurt. That's my that's my issue. And I know. I mean, uh, he also hasn't played football in like two years. So yeah, but he looked real good the moment he showed back up. Well, of course, he's Michael Thomas. But uh, I think that 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 provides Alave with a little bit more of the ability to not be the main focus of a defense and allow him to get into a game, like into the flow of a game. You're looking at him as a, he's what their third wide receiver. Maybe he's two over Jarvis. It kind of goes, yeah. you know. So, I think they'll they'll have him in the slot. So yeah, I, and I think. I think that that gives him the ability to to really maximize his opportunities and and maximize the matchups. You're talking about having a safety or the third best corner on a team covering you on almost every down. Like that that I think really really plays a role. Yeah, Pickens is interesting plus a thousand. Those uh, he's obviously been one of the stars of training camp so far, and the the that Pittsburgh team just keeps growing unbelievable wide receivers, but they do have Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson there to deal with as well. My pick, uh, I love the value. I think he's a sleeper for rookie of the year is Kansas City wide receiver Sky Moore. Very intriguing. Very intriguing. Because you don't have you don't have the big guy in front of you, right? You don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. He's yeah. he's now a Miami Dolphin. And if it, that guy's speed is as as good as they say, it's going to be a very interesting uh, weapon for Patrick Mahomes. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, like they're they're saying that Marquez Valdez Scandling is the number one receiver in KC, and then Juju. <laughs> That's so. I think there's opportunities. Is what I'm getting at here. Yeah. <laughs> We're a very Travis Kelsey heavy uh, offense. Yeah, I think I talked about this on Parlay. Actually, I really like the Chiefs may have hit a couple of home runs with that Sky Moore pick and also their fifth round pick, the running back Isaiah Pacheco. So it's it's almost unfair to give the Chiefs like some bonus offensive talent. But I think they may have uh may have found their way to replenishing a little bit in the draft this year. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Andy's always been good at finding some of those hidden gems. And uh, he may have done that with these guys. All right. Well, it is week zero of college football. And what that means is we have actual college football props. Oh, my. I am trying to find them. College football. All right. Greg, I am. I I just I'm so excited to be. Me too. Have college football back. We are, yes, as you said, four days away from the, the game at Aviva Stadium in Dublin, Ireland, uh, Northwestern and Nebraska. Bavada has a Nebraska 13-point underdogs here, 13-point favorites here, excuse me, very different outcome. How are you going with this? <sighs> They're both so bad. Yep. <laughs> um, good luck, Dublin. We hope you still like football after this. Yeah, like it, to me, to me, it's it's a battle of attrition, sort of, between these two unbelievably bad teams. Um, 
it's so funny that it's like the opening game of of the season. Um, I just I just think that I don't know if Nebraska can cover thirteen points. Can't like score I, thirteen points. Yeah, well that's the that's the thing. And like I know Scott Frost was out there talking about how many people are throwing up during his preseason conditioning drills. Yeah, watching um, his play calling. It's a really, really in- yeah, probably very interesting uh, scenario for for them. But I just Northwestern is a team that always seems to hang around in Big Ten games outside of like the Ohio states against Ohio states of the world. Um, I think this is I think this is where you go with a dog. Neutral setting, you're in Ireland. I think you go dog on this one. Hungry dogs run fast, Greg. Yeah, listen what we learned from the great Jason Kelsey. <laughs> the best. By the way, how good does Cam Jurgens look? Really good. Really good. So I was watching, obviously I watched I watched the first half of the preseason game uh, on Sunday, and I couldn't have been more impressed. And like I know you're probably going up against twos in that situation, twos and threes, but I was very excited about it. Yeah, he looks like, I mean, you don't want to say not going to miss a beat going from a Hall of Famer, but the best you could possibly hope for. Yeah, you really it, couldn't couldn't have asked for anything better. It's gonna be fun. I uh, hope we don't get to watch him too much this year, though. No, I'd I like agree. To see, like to see J.K. stay healthy. Yeah, I, I couldn't uh, agree more. You know, I like the big lines. They're always interesting, and I think the biggest line of the week is the New Mexico State Minnesota game with Minnesota getting thirty-seven points at Bavada. Giving 37 points, minus 37. New Mexico State. Uh, How much you know about the Lobos this year? I think they're going to stink. Yeah, so does Bavada. To be fair, but this will be New Mexico State's second game, I believe. I think their opening weekend game is against Nevada on the 27th. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about that? We're into 9-1 now. That that's a little it's a little misleading in these situations because they're going to have a game under their belt, but I think PJ Fleck and Minnesota are going to absolutely demolish them regardless. Yeah, I I guess uh, I scrolled down a little bit too far there. We got into the nine one games. The the biggest so the biggest line of this weekend is the UConn Utah State game with UConn being plus 27 at Bavada. I can't imagine UConn still being a D1 football team. Like, they are... I heard Orlovsky's playing for him this year. They might have to, and he'd probably be the best player on the team at that point. Because, like, they're, they are so bad every year. Year in, year out. It's They never get better. Like, they never get better. So, I don't know... Like, to me, and Utah State's one of those teams um, that, like, they're in, what, Mountain West or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just consistently think that they're always going to be the team that is, that, like, it could could battle for that upset. Does that make sense? Can UConn mm-hmm. lost to Holy Cross last year in football by 10. They Bob Cousy to, had a big game for Holy Cross. <laughs> they lost to UMass. I think their only win of the season was they beat Yale. So, like, it's it, it, you can't. You can't do this. It, they're going to get absolutely smoked by Utah State. It, maybe that's maybe the Utah State thing. Maybe that's just historical bias from me um, that I always just think Utah State's going to be good. UMass has beat has beat UConn like two years in a row or two games in a row minimum from what I'm looking at here. Like, it's it's just bad, and it's not going to get any better. Utah State by a million. An absolute million. I mean, okay, let's look at the alternate lines. On <laughs> How much can we get a, by a million? Utah State uh, plus 24. We get down to... We get down to plus twenty nine and a half. Uh, Utah State by a million. <laughs> Not an option. No, I don't see it going quite that far. Got a little. They're getting, a, quite frankly, getting the whole book getting a little lazy with their listings here. They only go up to. I'm showing four hundred and fifty. 
Here's where here's where you go. You go Utah State by forty three or more points plus five hundred. Okay. That's that's where you're like that's an option. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a close game, so you can't do Utah State by one to six points plus a thousand. Those those aren't out there. I think they definitely cover the spread, and if that's the case, then the only options are. 31 to 36, which is plus 425, 37 to 42, which is plus 600, and then 43 or more points, which is plus 500 on Bovada. Interesting enough that the plus 43 or 43 points or more is less, uh, is lower odds than between 37 and 42. Uh, so you're completely rolling out UConn by 43 or more for plus 15 tiles. Maybe Matt takes this, takes that this week on Better's Delight, get trying Um, to rekindle the magic. Yeah, he's he's uh he's gonna grab that or the race to ten neither plus ten thousand. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what else is fun? Race to forty. Uh, no crazy lines here. Fifteen thousand isn't. That's not not nuts. Man, you, <laughs> I'm looking at first score of the game. Exact yeah. outcome. Utah State by any other score, so it would have to be a safety. Yep. Because I mean, plus five thousand. I feel like that's an option. You pin him back with an early, uh, with an early kick or the opening kickoff. You pin him back three and out. S- snap one over the punter's head or a blocked kick. Like this is this could absolutely be the case. Yeah. Like why is it listed as any other? Is there any other than safety? <laughs> Is the is the drop kick an option? Could that be what they're talking about? Can you can you do that in college? I do not believe so. Okay, well then, yeah, any other <laughs> would it's, I think would only be a safety. Yeah, I guess maybe maybe writing any other feels like it's giving you better odds and more chances than just being this one obscure thing. I guess. Well, that's why we're not head odds maker at Bavada Sportsbook. <laughs> Accurate. Yet, I'm trying to get the job. I mean, you certainly are qualified. No, no, I'm not. Uh, I I did almost win Better's Delight this year, but short of that, I am not qualified. That is, that, I don't know. But I think the podcast would have had to have gone. We'd have, we would have had to taken a hiatus. Oh, if we, I was all I was ready for it, dude. I was ready for it. I was gonna get. I was gonna order the because uh, I got to get the trophies. Now all for Matt. Just going to send a giant package to Matt. But uh, whoever won this year, champion was going to be in parentheses. Wow. <laughs> uh, I was hilarious. ready for it, trust me. Uh, I, I, it would have been awesome. It would have been absolutely awesome. No. I ran up against the greatest of all time in the gambling I mean, world. I don't know. Honestly, like with, how, with the grind of how that show is, having to make... You know, anywhere between fifteen to forty picks a week, depending on your fancy and <laughs> or the time if it's of year. It Three hundred picks a week. Well, exaggeration, absolute I mean, exaggeration. I, th- I think I saw that you went over a thousand picks this season. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I pick what I like, and obviously, what <laughs> I like, like doesn't everything. win. <laughs> that is, it is, it is. Here's the thing, and the new strategy starts tomorrow. No more parlays unless I really agree with them because what where I got into trouble was that I would take I would I would take two like two tennis players and then I'd parlay them together. So when the first tennis player lost, it was an automatic two losses and then potentially a third loss on top of it. So now I'm losing three units as opposed to just taking people straight and taking two units. Now, the parlay, however, is where you can really maximize a lot of your your, you know, uh, a lot of your winning and things like that. So Greg, it, it I is, host a show based upon that premise. No, I, I understand. You are correct. You do. <laughs> you know all about the parlays. Um, but that's that's where I got into a serious amount of trouble, and I started doing that late in season two to try and catch up, and carried it on for the entirety of season three. And that's why I probably that's more than likely the reason why I finished minus triple digits for the season. So, uh, so what I'm hearing is no parlays unless they make a lot of sense or you can come up with a funny name for them. Accurate. The Paul Rudd, the Paul Rudd parlay, which was on the lost episode a few weeks ago, was an absolute dominant force. 
wasn't even a question. There, it wasn't scared. Like there, there was no nerves in the Paul Rudd parlay. Uh, it was just, it, it, you know, it had an underdog involved, an underdog and a favorite. I was in. I was absolutely in. Also, soccer parlays are just the biggest like soccer bet in the world because soccer. The fact that the tie is a loss for you just on a straight up bet mm-hmm. that makes it a near impossibility. Like I got, I got, I got cost. Well, Leicester City lost outright anyway, but Nottingham Forest gives up a late goal uh, to Everton and goes from a plus three sixty winner to to a, a loser with eighty nine with you know because of an eighty nine minute goal and it's just it's too hard and that's where you get into a lot of that trouble. But you get so many plus odds in soccer that if you do get it right, you can go you know a two team parlay. You get seven units on it, so close more importantly paul rudd has joined season three of only murders in the building on hulu didn't even know there was going to be a season three dude it's a good show never watched it obviously you watch so much television Uh, it's embarrassing I'm i'm trying to think if anything's come up recently in terms of television uh my wife's been watching abbott elementary dude that's a good show very that's a good show alexa and i she watched it on her own and then we watched it again together, banged through it in like two days. I mean, yeah. it's, I'm not not that it's impressive. It's like 13 episodes. There's like two seasons and they're like 13 episodes each or something. Yeah, I've watched um, I've watched like two or three episodes with her, and I was like, I was telling her right before I, we started doing this. I said I think I'm gonna try to catch up to where she is during the day because I I really like it. I think I think it's a very funny show. Um, I get very heavy office vibes from it, obviously. Oh, they very much want yeah, it to be. Yeah, and but I think it has the potential to be that way. I think, I think I, it's very. Here, let me tell you why I don't, and I don't mean this as an insult to anyone involved. I don't think there's a Steve Carell. I don't think there's a John Krasinski. I don't. I don't think they have those breakout people. That is true, but it is also very early. Like obviously, you had Carell. It's, it's very season three. Early. Carell's dominant in season one, but like it, you don't really get deep into Krasinski until season three, season four. So you got to give it a little time to ruminate. Who is ruminate, who's marinate. the who's the possibility? Uh, I think the guy that played Chris uh, Chris Rock and everybody hates Chris. I can't think of his actual real name. He plays yeah, Gregory, who, who was on Walking um, Dead. He is a, he is a three. He's is a a, a three uh, three name person. Yeah, I think I think he has the potential. Um, I like his character so far in the in the limited. Tyler James Williams. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's. He has a, a shot to do it. Um, and I honestly don't. I, I the uh, Janine is Janine. Quentin Bronson characters. Yeah, I think I think she's another solid character. But I think they have the ancillary characters that you kind of need. And again, this is a very limited sample size because I think I've watched maybe a total of like three episodes. Yeah. So they need um, to add to the, the add to the world a little bit. I understand that there were probably it was probably money constraints was why it wasn't the the biggest cast. Uh, it, I always thought it was a little bit weird that every time we're seeing this this school, there's like four teachers in it. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't one hundred percent seem right. Also, can I tell you, I, I was. I was I do this thing that it really annoys Alexa where I like to recast shows she's watching to make them better. Uh, and the one that felt like it's just they just missed on was uh, the 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 redhead girl from Philly who should very clearly be Kate Flannery. Yeah. Yeah. You're 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 right. You're right. For sure. Whatever the there there was what the episode I was watching, there was a very heavy attempt at a Philly accent, and I was like, I'm so, uh, I just, I'm watching that show, and I'm like, why was this not Kate Flannery? Like, well, what I is think, she doing right now? I mean, I think the issue is is with somebody like Kate Flannery, it's it's facial recognition, it's name recognition. You're on arguably the biggest sitcom uh, or biggest yeah, television yeah, but you're show. You're an ancillary overall. piece. But still, everybody know that there you have too many highlights in that show that I think it would take people out of it to be like, wow, how did Meredith get a job at a high school? You know what I mean? Uh, okay. Well, I mean, you know, John Krasinski uh, had that role, and then he was Mister Fantastic in in, in the MCU. Like, but it, people but can entirely still do stuff. different genre. 
You're 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 going uh, completely out of it. You're going fine. Then just let it be Meredith. I'm okay with that too. <laughs> That's that is true. I I do agree. You could just do that as well. But eh, but I you aren't wrong that that would have been it would have been sort of the perfect fit from Philadelphia already. So it's not mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It would have been perfect, Gregory. And uh, look, this is one of the things that really pisses me off that I'm not a casting director. Makes There's me mad. There's still time, Chris. There's still time. There is still time. I would cast the shit out of stuff. People, they would not be popular shows, but I would really like them. <laughs> uh, every television show you cast is just an MCU level uh, cast, like from Superstar no, to Superstar. I don't, I don't need that. I do not need that. I have a depth of knowledge of uh, of underrated actors that I like. We bought this this was it me and you that talked about the Lincoln Lawyer? Mm, no, it might have been I've never me and seen Matt. it. Yeah, the Lincoln Lawyer. They remade the uh, they remade McConaughey the Matthew McConaughey movie. movie. It's fine. It's 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 above average. But like, yeah, could have been Michael Pena if it was Michael Pena. <laughs> whole other ball game is all I'm saying. And Nev Campbell, not a good casting choice. Uh, my wife watched that show. She she liked it. She thought it was all right. My uh, ask her if she thinks it would have been better with Michael Pena. <laughs> I don't She's know. She's gonna if she say yes. Michael Pena is. Well, that's her fault. <laughs> you aren't wrong, but um, yeah. I, for some reason, Michael Pena. What movie am I thinking of that he was in? Dude, Michael Pena's been in a million movies. No, there's and, a specific... Okay. And a watch was sensational. Uh, That's also, what it I, is. Well, I, he, I, was all, he, he was in two very si- similarly named movies. He was in End of Watch with with Jake Gyllenhaal, which is just a great, great movie. And he was also, I believe, in The Watch with... The uh, Ben Stiller movie? Yeah. Uh, Matt would be remiss if we didn't mention the... Uh, Don't do it. If we didn't mention in the watch the uh, uh, the Russian nesting doll scene, that's his favorite scene of all time. If we were on video, I'd force you to edit in the clip. Uh, he loves that part of the movie. I don't know why. I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure he was in the watch. Now I really thought he was, but it don't look like it. Um, I'm not seeing it. It's so crazy. So well, he was in Chips. Watch. Chips was not good. Chips yeah. was not good. Uh, he was in The Mule. That was a tiny little... Oh, God. Fantasy Island was such a bad movie. Uh, obviously in the Ant-Man movies in 12 Strong. Uh, War on Everything. Uh, Fury with Brad Pitt and uh, and Barenthal and and uh, the, the kid from Holes. <laughs> I can't remember his name, but luckily he said he's not famous anymore, so... Shia LaBeouf. There you go. Uh, Gangster Squad, Tower Heist, 30 Minutes or Less, Lincoln Lawyer. Oh, he was... There you go. He was in the Lincoln Lawyer movie. So that seemed a little obvious. <laughs> um, Observe and Report was the Seth Rogen movie. Uh, okay. He was in, not so the watch. Yeah, gotcha. That makes sense. Um, that I'm, movie was weird and also depressing. Well, it came out the same time as Paul Blart Mall Cop, and it's yeah, like which was a different tone, a very different tone. It's a very different tone. Um, it is funny. Like I think about for some reason you mentioned End of Watch, and I always think of uh, there's a movie that we watched when we were in college called Harsh Times. Okay, it came out in like 2005. It's Christian Bale. Uh, Freddie Rodriguez, Eva Longoria, maybe Eva Mendez, one of the Evas, one of the Evas, and uh, Longoria, and it's it Longoria. I knew. Why did I? Why, why did I second guess myself? Um, but I like in reality, it's it's probably not similar to End of Watch. It's probably more similar to like Training Day yeah. than anything. But I for sure, once we hang up on this and I put all my stuff away, I'm go. It's for free on YouTube or free on uh, this, and it, it's also on DVD somewhere in my basement. Um, I'm for sure going to rewatch that and remember just how awesome of a movie it was. Slash J.K. Simmons, terrible. Terry Crews in it. Oh yeah, it's got a cast. It has a cast for sure. I always liked Freddie Rodriguez. I think he deserved better than he got. Ah, uh, you mean Carla's brother on Scrubs? Yes, that it all that comes ha- back that, to Scrubs. First time it was mentioned. 
But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I've always thought he deserved better than he got. He's never really had that shot. I agree. He really hasn't had, uh, he hasn't had like a big, like a big role. I'll watch Harsh Times. It's, let's, it's, do a, I mean, let's, let's do a Harsh Times commentary. That's fine. I haven't Just seen I transition I right into that. <laughs> I, I legitimately haven't seen it in probably 14, 14 years, somewhere in that area. Probably, I'd say 2007, 2008 is probably around the last time I watched this movie. So it could be awful, to be fair. I'm, I'm trying to see what, uh, what mm, I can get it on Blu-ray at at Best Buy, but it is it is sold out currently. No, no. So, I guess it'll have to wait another day. But we've run, we've ran past the hour mark. And now we're just talking about Freddie Rodriguez and Harsh Times. So it seems like it's as good a place as any to end it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. For Greg Crone, I'm Chris Horwardell. We'll see you next week.